4: computer
2: solitaire
1: huh ah sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary forward by law 18
4: plus terms and conditions apply see website for details
1: this podcast is part of the sports social podcast network This podcast is part of the sports social podcast network. This podcast is part of the sports social podcast network. This podcast is part of the sports social podcast network. This podcast is part of the sports social podcast network. This podcast is part of the sports social podcast network. Network. It's the marketer's report. Not just a media company, iHeart Media is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
2: Celtic state of mind. Yes, you're not seeing things. Declan's in the hot seat now on a Tuesday. This is your new Tuesday lineup. Myself, Lawrence Conley and Patrick McGulp are going to be your Tuesday guests, guys. How are you doing on this Tuesday afternoon?
4: Doing well, Declan. Doing well. Welcome yep, to Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday, young team. Tuesday, young
2: team. <laughs> yep, you're the odd one out, mate. Unfortunately, but sorry, we'll bring you down to life. I know you're doing at heart. Patrick, how are you doing?
3: Not bad, not bad. Looking forward to being a regular contributor to the Axon Tuesday Bulletin and uh, yep. looking forward to you being the, the new Tuesday host as well.
2: Yep, Patrick has joined the cult. Um, so we'll just get right into this because this morning Celtic's PLC annual results in the year ending June 30th are published. Um, Ian Bankier said, to quote him, conditions have improved markedly. Patrick, I'm going to come to you first on this. Um... In terms of the product on the pitch from what we've seen at the start of the season, would you say that on the pitch, conditions have improved markedly?
3: Um, after having watched the team for about eight weeks now, uh, I don't think the squad is any... It's not much stronger and it's not much weaker than what it was last season. I think where we have improved is in the managerial department. Um I thought we'd improved in the in the boardroom with a new CEO and Dominic MacKay, but obviously he's vacated the building. Um, but I'd have liked to have, I, w- I would have liked uh, us to have spent more in the summer because I'd, I know other teams have had a poor start to the season, but so have we, and we need to start picking up serious points now. And uh, I'm not sure that we've done enough to be honest.
2: Lawrence, Patrick touches on spending more in the summer. Um, we saw that there was a cost-cutting exercise in terms of operations. we decreased by 7.6% to $74.4 million. That went from the previous $80.5 million. Um, the Player sales down dramatically, but that's obviously due to the fact that that was the Tierney money that we'd seen and in, included in this money is not the deals for IR, Edward and Ryan Christie. Um, What was your take on what was published this morning and uh, what what the club produced?
4: So, obviously, those players you mentioned would normally have been sold last year, along with Encham, who we let go for Mm -hmm. free, who would normally, you know, Porto put in a €14 million bid. But because the board decided to change the uh, transfer strategy in pursuit of the 10, I suppose these accounts have suffered as a result of that. Arguably, we'd have got more for Eddie and Christie if they've been sold earlier. So although, you know, so yeah, you know, turnover down. It's kind of worrying, you know, 60 million, 23, 25 million pounds spending the summer. But we have brought in transfer fees and quite sizable ones. Uh, but if you're looking at a business model, it's going to be we're going to have to sell again. Although we've got a few sell on fees out there that we maybe capitalise on in the future. Musa, KT, Christy, Aya and Eddie, depending on how they do, the team has it improved. Uh, as a team, we've improved at home. Uh, still pretty bad away from home. Manager seems to have a better philosophy uh, going forward. As a squad, have we improved? As individuals, I would say we're weaker. We're down in numbers, and I don't think we've got anyone, anyone of the talent of Eddie up front or, or I at the back. So I think individually, the squad is weaker. But this may be playing better as a team. And that's maybe just because, you know, we've got we've got rid of the guys that don't want to be here. The guys that were promised they could leave when we get a good bid in. And obviously guys like Encham when we didn't live up to that, uh, kind of down's tools and we're left Freedom freeing him or paying his contract off instead of taking fourteen million euros.
2: Yeah, I think it was fifteen out in the summer and twelve in. Um I think if you look at the the bench on Sunday, yeah, I know we've got injuries to to players like Kyogo and Forrest, etc. but it is Fred Bear. And um, I think when you do look at midfield, particularly, we're going to need to count in in three players um, for a large part of this. Not this season, because we do hope that there's more coming in in January, but again, Celtic's record in past January transfer windows has not been um, the best. Patrick, one of the lines in the in the report says we achieved good value from the transfer out of a number of players, notably Christopher Iyer, Odson Edward and Ryan Christie. Um, would you agree with Ian Banker on that uh, statement?
3: Um, considering the circumstances, yes. Um, just to go back to Lawrence's point, you know these are fo- these are players that should have been sold last season. You know, th- I don't understand how people can see look at the Celtic board and think of these people as good businessmen because we should have got uh, vast more sums of money for these players last summer, especially I, I think at least two of them wanted to leave you know mm. um how that makes any sort of financial sense, any business sense to keep players who don't want to be there and then sell them for a lower value twelve months later in pursuit of what is essentially one league title, even though we were all hoping for ten in a row it is just a league title at the end of the day um. No, I, I disagree with with Ian uh, overall because th- these players should have been sold more uh, more recently, like uh, the summer of twenty twenty for more money. Um, I think we done well with Ayer uh, getting I think it was thirteen and a half million, possibly rising to seventeen and a half. Um, Edward, I think we done pretty well with seventeen and a half or eighteen and a half. Um, Christie and Cham though, uh, what happened with Cham? I'm not too sure. Uh, Why you would release a player like that when there's been bids in the past for so much? Why not try and tie him down in a new contract? I don't know. And then with Ryan Christie, considering they had about five months left in his deal, to get two and a half million is pretty good, but it should have never got to that stage. And it's going to happen again because there are players in the last year of their deal. And if we're not going to move them on this summer, which we haven't, we'll, we'll need to try and renew their contract, either to play them or to get a fee for them next summer.
2: And there's not those big sell-on fees that we can probably see in the squad just now and even what we've brought in at this moment in time it doesn't look like there's going to be the big multi-million deals that we've pulled off for guys like Tierney and Edward. Um, Stephens came in in the comments and saying that had the board sold players last summer it um, would have went mental. Lawrence, would you agree with that sentiment or is it all down to communication and how you get that across to people that if you're in a position where you've got guys like, say, Odds and Edward to, to speculate on this, it's saying you know, he wants to move away, that the club do what they did, like Aston Villa, and had a clear communication strategy to the supporters, and saying we've tried our best here, but the player wants to, to move on, and we're happy to do that, and we will invest the money back into the squad, which is something that, in this report, Ian Banker says that the club do.
4: Listen, I, I think you know there's a bit of truth in, in both, it's how you communicate it. Yeah, a lot of the fans would have been unhappy, but you know, we had a, a strategy that was working, and then they changed it last summer. And then, guess what? It didn't work that season. So, yeah, you know, if Eddie had been sold, we'd went mental. But if we'd sold him for thirty million and bought a fifteen million pound striker, it might up, uh, you know, and uh, another seven million, it might have cushioned the blow. You know, if we'd sold him and live well, and Tony was in the building, wasn't he? I <laughs> mean, ended up paying the same amount of money for Albion a Yeti. So for, for whatever happened, the recruitment strategy didn't work last last year. Uh yeah, we would we we would have went mental, but what we would do reinvested between those two players. I think Ayer, you know there was Chad about thirty million for him, fourteen million euros for and Cham, If we'd invested all that back in the team, we might not have had so many loan players that kind of went up went up to the job. Also if you're investing a in team it's assets you've got to sell, you've touched on it. Who's the next big asset? that Celtic can sell if this is our model, raising young players and sell them. You're looking, well, Kyogo's probably worth more than we paid for him. Who else, I think? McGregor. And then you're looking through the team and going, well, not too sure where the big money would be coming from. Uh, so, a bit of truth, you know, and we've got to communicate better to the fans, or so Celtic need to be, communicate better. And yeah, a lot of Celtic fans would crazy, going, you can't sell Eddie. But I think that's kind of a bit of knee jet reaction. You know, if they said, well, look, he's running his contract down and he doesn't want to be here, he's not going to be as effective on the park, we're going to get 30 million quid and we're going to invest the majority of that into these strikers or, or, or into the team. I think that would have definitely calmed a lot of fans' concerns.
2: Patrick, what's your take on that last summer? Um, from, from what we've heard from, from Neil Lennon, there, there wasn't many bids came in for the players that we've actually spoken about, but after watching what Aston Villa did during the, the Grealish situation, um, what would you put it down to had Celtic sold some of their major assets last summer?
3: I think as long as you adequately replace them, because I think if a bid did come in for Eddie, it probably would have been in the region of 20 to 25 million. And if you're talking about getting Ivan Tony for 7 or 8 million, it's a question of how would they have actually performed under Neil Lennon, because he's quite clearly a good player. But under Neil Lennon last season, it doesn't really matter how good you were. It was an extremely poor team and just about everyone had a bad season. So there's not actually a lot the board can do about that. All they have to do is stick to the model of developing young players, selling them at the best possible time for the best possible price and then trying to adequately replace them. What happened last summer? I mean, we spent £12 on Barca, Ayeti, and Duffy and Mm -hmm. Duffy has left. A Yeti has scored less than ten goals, and Barca just has disaster after disaster every time he comes into the team. So it, it, we we failed last summer both in selling our assets and then trying to recruit players. So it, it, I think we're going over old ground a wee bit. All we need to do is look yep. to the future. Hopefully, you know we've recouped money uh, since the thirtieth of June when the accounts end. I think we've weathered the storm, and we just need to get back on track and and stick to the model that's worked so well the, the nine previous years?
2: Yeah, part of that model is this, to quote our strategy of balancing player development and player trading is fundamental fundamental to our self-sustaining business model. Um, Lawrence, we all like to see players break through from the Celtic Youth Academy. It's something that we all like to see somebody like ourselves break into the team and wear the hoops. Um, that probably touches on one of the subjects you can see in the tagline there. Bolingoli or Monte. Um, we saw Bolingoli come out of the, the cold and, and Sunday as a su- surprise inclusion into the team. Um firstly, Tiasco on that, what, what did you make of uh, Bolingoli, uh appearance in Sunday at the Tony Macaroni arena?
4: Was he any worse than any the rest of the team? It's, a it's about uh I don't know if that's praise or a condemnation, but yeah, you kind of not changed the I mean that he's the he's the future of Celtic, that he's got a, a long term part to play. Maybe, you know, Spain would have taken a lot, lot out of the team, maybe that's why he's in, because we are so threadbare. They thought Monty needed arrests. So some of the guys saying, Well maybe Scales should have been in then, you know. But but he's not been with the team as long. So I guess with Bongoli with, with Threadbare, looks like Taylor's out for a couple of months we're going to be all, all in between him and Monty this season then. We're going to need to get him up to speed. If he's a player we want to move on, I guess people want to see him play and play so they can judge him. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought Monty, maybe he was knackered after his exertions in, in midweek.
2: One of the comments coming in is saying, if Ange thinks Bali is playable, I'm okay with that. Patrick, do, do you agree with that? Um, we heard Liam Scales say that He prefers to play at centre-back so it doesn't look as if he's going to be the option at left-back and currently obviously Greg Taylor who would appear to be the first choice is out. Um, We saw an Instagram post of him yesterday after surgery or would you prefer to see um, young Montgomery given the the chance to break through?
3: I think with Scales at centre-back and Taylor out for months I think we'll probably see a mixture of the two of them because they are the only two options. I can't See us persisting with Jovanovic out of position at left back. I don't think that's clever, and I don't think that will work long term. Yeah, I think you've got to play players in their main position, their preferred position. Um, we don't even know if left back is Montgomery's preferred position. I think he's he's better there. Um, I think he he goes forward really well for a left back. Uh, and I think over time we'll see how he fares defensively at left back. Um. I think it's actually, I think Clyde in February 2020 was Bolling Golly's last start for Celtic. Right. So I think 17 months since his last start. I can understand why Lennon didn't play him after what happened last season, because he'd lost all trust in that player. You know, maybe John Kennedy could have brought him back into the fold because, you know, it's a new manager, new set of rules, fresh start. And I, certainly with Ange, it's a fresh start. You know, he's not betrayed Ange, he's betrayed Lennon. So if Ange wants to give him another shot, then that's fair enough, especially with how thin in the ground, the score is. But I think we'll see the both of them over the coming months, because I don't think Taylor will be back until probably January. And, you know, that's just a guess. It could be longer, it could be shorter. But um, I I think we'll probably see a 50-50 split of, of who's going to be first choice left back.
2: Do you think there's possibly um a temptation for Ange Polstacokle as well to put volleyball and goalie in the, the the transfer window so that teams might have a look at him? Because his team that he went out to in Turkey last year and um, he started the season off playing uh, Champions League football, of course, but I don't think they did too well in the, the, the Turkish League. So do you think there's probably a temptation there as well to put him in the shop window at this moment in time?
3: Well, we don't have many assets, so we're gonna to have to start, you know, looking at players and thinking, well, If these guys maybe aren't fancied or they want to move on, we need to start playing them, start showing teams what they're actually worth and then getting a good fee for them next summer. Um, I don't think the manager will be playing bowling golly 20, 30 times a season just in order for the board to make a few million quid uh, off him in the summer. Uh, I think Andrew picked the team that he thinks is best to win the game. Uh, As for his performance at Livingston, I don't think he was particularly bad. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say his performance was good either. He was probably one of the better players in the team. But, you know, it, it, it's hard to judge because it's, it's a small pitch. It's an astro tough pitch. We lost the game. We didn't play well. I think if he starts in, against Wraith Rovers, which I think he probably will, um, we'll, we'll see him then and we'll see how good he is, both defensively and attacking, after not playing for Celtic for so long.
2: Yeah, we may well do uh, see him feature against Rafe Rovers on Thursday. Um, Lawrence Paradise 63 has came in on the comments to say, Rafe Rovers is a game where you rest players, not Livingston. Do you think on Sunday that Ange Postokoglu was resting players or do you just think the game came far too quickly after the game in Seville in on in Thursday
4: evening? So so I, th- I think it could be the same thing, couldn't it? You know, you're resting players because they're knackered, <laughs> you know, and that's because of when the game was in front of it. So that's rather than just resting them because they've been, yeah, played a lot of football. I think it was just the, the recovery time. Uh, but no, totally, Wraith Rovers is a chance to to try out other players, maybe try out two up top. I don't know. It seems that Andrew wants to go four three three all the time, but it is a chance to, to, to try other things. So you never know, we might see Scales come in at centre-back and, and ball at left-back. But it would be, a, if he wants a, a chance to try things, or a rest place. It's definitely you'd think against Wraith at home. We uh, seem to be pretty good at home. So he's touched on it.
1: This week on the Marketers Report, Patrizio Spagnoleto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Director Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
4: Himself, he said, you know, we're, we're going to need a big squad because of the way he plays football, so he's going to have to manage that squad. So hopefully we do see a, f- a few players that would be you know, wait to see more of in this game. Maybe the Greek boy gets a start up top. Let's mm-hmm. see what he's got. Let's see what he's like. Uh, or maybe it's him yet a yeti up top. But I'd def- definitely say, you know, race a game that we can afford to take more chances in rather than, I mean, when was the last time we won away to Libby? It's always a tough place for us to go. So, yeah, it wasn't a game you'd, w- you'd want to be taking chances in.
2: I think uh, the the last time we won against Livingston was two thousand and six, and I think if I'm correct, Derek Riadon scored a brace, and Jan got Hesselink chipped in with the other goal. The game in Livingston, Patrick, um obviously a very disappointing result. We've seen Celtic, you know, not pick up any points in the road in the the league this season, and our form at home um, so far has been very good in the league, and of course in the the one league cup game that we've already played. Uh, I think our aggregate score in the league is 15-0 at this moment in time. Something that's caused a bit of controversy uh, yesterday, again, uh, to look just past Rafe as Dundee United putting out a statement um, saying that they are not, again, like other teams that have visited Celtic Park this season, uh, getting an allocation uh, for Sunday. Celtic's SLO, J.P. Taylor, confirmed today that was due to the red zone, which is still in place in the main stand. um, And that for visually impaired supporters the section where the the typical away fans would usually go is the only section on the ground that can be used do you think there's there's a way around this for the club or did the club just need to accommodate our own season ticket holders first and foremost well
3: you definitely need to accommodate the season ticket holders Um, uh, because of the red zone obviously it limits numbers so I'm not sure you'd get any more than a couple of hundred away fans in so I'm not sure it's entirely worth it beyond that um you know, we're talking about league games here, you're probably talking about European games as well. I think the red zone might even be bigger for European games. But when it comes to teams like Raith Overs, you know, that's a ticketed um game that weren't weren't definitely not going to sell out. So I think you could put, uh, probably give a part of the ground to Raith Overs fans and then, you know, when the Scottish Cup comes around in January and February if you've got home games, um, you know, we can give tickets to away fans then, but when it comes to European games and uh, league games, you've sold out your season tickets. So until the red zone goes, there's not a lot we can do. Our hands are tied. And when it comes to European games, we're probably going to sell out every single game anyway. And you know, with with foreign travel being a bit difficult, it's probably not worth giving away fans tickets for European matches uh, just quite yet.
2: Lawrence, what's your take on this? Um, again, to add into that, it may be the case that Celtic can't accommodate away fans, but at this point in time, I think Dundee United aren't even uh, gating a, a stream back to... I think they're trying at this moment to get a stream back to the stadium, but it's not It's not, there as a pay-per-view event. Um, I think that's probably the least that the, the club could try and do since away fans obviously can't get into to Celtic Park at this moment in time, and it's not on television.
4: Listen, at the... Uh... I think the game loses something yeah. without away fans at it. You know, I think Pinecastle, the team, loses something when we went there with no fans. Same when we went over to the south side of the city to face the new club uh, with no fans there. You know, it definitely loses something. There's ways that it could be done. They could definitely get away fans in if they wanted. But, it, you know, it's their choice. What they're saying is, because we've sold the season books, if we let away fans in, some season ticket holders don't get in. That's the dilemma they face, which I, I guess people would probably have been aware of. We're all aware of COVID. was a possibility. I mean, buying a season book, you might not, might not get all the games. And it's up to Celtic how they manage that. And they have decided, well, no away fans. And for me, you know, the, the matches are somewhat diminished when there's no away fans there. So, yeah, I mean, they should definitely be able to arrange to get streamed through, you would think, you know if Dundee United can't get off Celtic, I'm sure there's a guy on Facebook selling it. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But yeah, it's I think football definitely loses something. You know, I think Tincastle lost something going there. I lost something going to the south side of the city without fans there. So you know, I think probably they should come up with a way of getting away fans in the ground. And how they would do that, some season book holders are going to be disadvantaged. How they would pick that, I don't know. So maybe they've just went with the easy option. Well, it's only kind of away fans that will complain, because in the league rules it does say a reasonable number of tickets will be given to the opposition, and obviously we've decided reasonable is zero. Yeah, at
2: this yeah. moment in time, I think I, I totally agree that probably the game does lose something from it. Um, you know, the atmosphere created on Sunday with the Celtic fans was was very good. The fans certainly turned up on Sunday. It's a pity. The, the players didn't. Um, a game like Sunday, Patrick, when you lose a game, is always hard to take. And when it's you know it's in the league and it's you know freeing a bounce away from home that we've lost, it starts to shine on the deficiencies still at the club. And Michael has come in in the comments to say he finds it hard to criticise Ange when he hasn't been able to bring in his own staff. Even Martindale said it. Um has that been something you know? We still know that John Kennedy and, and Gavin Strachan are still part of the the makeup of the backroom team at this moment in time, and obviously Stephen McManus came into that backroom team under John Kennedy. Has that been something uh, that's concerned you up until now? Are do you still stick with the line? I think that majority of Celtic fans, where that when Ange was questioned on this, that he said that he would decide um, whether or not they were they were suited to him.
3: Yeah, um, I think it was probably the middle of June when I think the paper started coming out with the idea that it was a possibility that John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan would sort of be the two main first-team coaches still, even with Andrew's manager. And I think everyone was rightly quite concerned because you know John Kennedy's been there for so long, you actually don't know how good a coach he is. You've seen that he's probably not the best manager through that three-month spell that he had. And, you know, the same with Gavin Strachan. There's no way of measuring this. I think if Gavin Strachan had a different name, um, I think he, he might be given the benefit of the doubt. But the fact that he's Gordon's son, and we know that Gordon Strachan has such a close relationship with Dermot Desmond, it feels like it's like the Pals Act and it's jobs for the boys. So you don't know the quality of these two. And they've had a disaster of a season last season with Neil Lennon as their manager. Ange is apparently fine with keeping them, which you know, Ange is, is definitely his own man. He, he won't have anything foisted upon him. So, in that respects, I'm, I'm, I'm not too, uh, I'm not too fussed when it comes to the away form. You know, it's fifteen nil at home, but four one away. Mm. Uh, if you add up the aggregate scores, there's no complaints with the home form really, but you've got to start looking at looking at the away form and thinking, what what is going wrong here? Because we've not kept a clean sheet, we've not even got a draw we, we've lost three out of three I, I don't know what the answer is personally, but I'm not paid millions to find that answer, so I think this needs to, it, I think Pataudry, I know we're jumping ahead weeks here, but I think Pataudry in two weeks is a massive game, but you know you need to focus on race rovers, you need to just sort of get the team ready and hope for another clean sheet and another victory and into the semi-finals.
2: Yeah, it probably is one game at a time at this moment in time. With so many games coming so thick and fast before the the next international break um, in October. Lawrence, to, to go over to that, how do you think Celtic rectify this problem just now? Um, at, at Time Castle, I think we'd all agree we got the sucker punch. We didn't play terribly bad. Um, definitely when Haring came on in the game, that was the, the time that changed it and. You know, I thought it was something that Ange Postacoglu would learn for. Um, you know, We were Fred Bear at that point in time as well in terms of the squad. Hugo came on to make his, his debut. Starfield obviously started the match. Many people say the game at ibrooks uh, came too soon for the team, especially playing two of the players that we knew were going to depart only a couple of days later. But in terms of going to uh, the spaghetti ad on Sunday there, what, what lessons would you say were, were learned from the, the, the two games previous? And... What, what can you take from this game to go into the next game, which is uh, the next game that being away from home, not the Reef Rovers game uh, at Petodi, that's it's going to be so, so tough?
4: I think we we definitely need to be uh, better at mixing things up when planning doesn't work. Uh, but, you, you know, we we're somewhat unlucky in the Hearts game, I thought. You know, another two games, Threadbare squad doesn't help us. It, it's. <laughs> But you know it's early in Angie's range. You, you, you know you, you don't want to be judging them yet. Going back to the point of Strachan and Kennedy, I think he was happy to, to keep them so as he could have a look at them and then if he thinks they're good enough, yeah they've got a future if they don't move out. But one of the things he did touch on him during the transfer window was he felt he needed more guys in a sports science department. Uh, but that would kind of wait until uh, once the transfer window had closed. It's closed. And worryingly, I've not heard of any additions to that area of Celtic, and it's something that the managers on record are saying, there's a weakness, there's something I need to to get the team performing better. So, obviously Dom's left, so I I don't know, was that a change that was maybe agreed with Dom, and now it's a wee bit up in the air. It's hard to know what's going on, but the managers on record saying, that's a weakness that we have. So, it'd be interesting to see if we it's something we're going to address when Dom was at the club you saw the, the recruiting going on in the social media department was, was pretty heavy seems they've stopped I've not seen many ads or, many, or much activity in that since Dom's left so it's a bit of a mystery what's going on Is, is the restructure stopped is it going ahead I know what Gordon's maybe six weeks through his consultancy role are we waiting to the end of the consultancy role to make any changes? It's it, it just kind of yeah, it, 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 it's a bit strange what's happening just now. Uh, and seems to you know have a definite way of playing, and we, we, we want to do things. Ha, has he been backed by the board? He's brought in a fair number of players, but I think we'd all agree we're probably three or four short of where we want to be in terms of squad size. Sports science, well, he's identified that or not heard anyone coming on that side, and his backroom staff. Well, he said he would have a look at them and judge them. So who knows if he's asked for somebody else to join, yet or not, or if his process of judging is over. But coming back to you on the road, yeah, you, you know it, 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 it's one in away from home. You know it's kind of two one one nil one nil. You know it, it's fine margins, but we need we need to find a way of overcoming these. Listen, not everything was brilliant under, under Brendan but, you know, there was a lot of kind of 1-0s away from home. We, you, you know, we were scraping the three points but he found a way to get his teams winning and I mm-hmm. think that's something Ange needs to do. He needs to find a way to get his teams winning on the road.
2: Yeah, Jungle line came in, in the comments to say if you want to, want to win the league you've got to win at least 10 um, games away from home. Patrick, with the free-flowing style that Celtic play at times and uh, I, I don't think there's going to probably be a lot of clean sheets in the road uh, this season um, we, we knew what we were getting in terms of the managers coming he likes to play attacking football and it was kind of the opposition score three we score four probably not going to see a lot of those typical 1-0 uh, games that maybe Lawrence is, is talking about um, do, do you think there will possibly be a change in his approach from now on that you know in, in terms of games like that that you just go and you, you try and get you know an early goal or try and nick it late on and and then just maybe sit in and try and grind it out a wee bit? Yeah,
3: I mean, you've seen in the three away defeats domestically that we've not played the same as we have at home. The performances have been significantly poorer, personally, I think. With Hearts, I don't think we're up and running yet. Uh, I don't think we'd actually won a game, a competitive game under Ange yet. Um, Ibrooks I think we decided to set up differently that's the way it looked to me we, we set up more defensively there didn't seem to be a lot of options going forward anyway and then with Livingston I, I only caught the second half but we seemed to have a lot more control we are getting into the final third and we, we we just couldn't break down there 10, 11 men behind the ball and you know we do that no bother at home uh, having 10 or 11 men behind the ball and breaking down teams and scoring 5 or 6 you know but away it just doesn't seem to work and I'm not sure why that is um, I don't think you can play differently away as you do at home because then you're effectively playing two different styles, two different formations and the, you know the, the players aren't daft but it would confuse them, it would confuse anyone having two different styles of play uh, so I, I don't think that's an option but I think something needs to change. I think if you get an early goal in your next away game and try and hold on to it, I, I, I really don't know what the answer is, but you know something does have to change.
2: Would something possibly be if you look at midfield in terms of just now obviously we can play with that 6, 8 and 10, maybe looking at two controllers rather than trying to always use creative um, and players in there. But would you maybe say that's possibly an option to, to try and do? I mean, I know in Sunday people probably looked at the subs coming on and, and they're beat on I know, and all and there's Malia Asoro, but there are two players that could probably play that role and um, would that be something obviously James McAfee, um, True from reports yesterday isn't up to speed don't know how true or not true that is but in terms of holding midfielders we, we do have a lot of them and as well as that we've also not mentioned Liam Shaw who seems to have just completely disappeared off the radar
3: Yeah um, I, I think as soon as McGregor comes back you need to play him
2: um, what about the know, more forward role for Callum McGregor instead of the six?
3: Well, if if you're going away from home and you're playing those two pivots, like, you know, we, we've done it religiously under, I think, both Brendan and Lennon. Yeah. And, you know, Just, we're playing. Brendan of... brought
2: Encham to do it beside Brown a lot. Of the uh-huh.
3: time. Yeah. And I think people are becoming quite frustrated because you're playing Aloha at home in the League Cup and Wraith Rovers at home in the League Cup and you're playing with a back four and two defensive pivots you know, was there a need for that? On Devange, as Lawrence says, we seem to be playing four-three-three a lot more. But away from home, I think if you have a, a, a back four and then maybe a player like McCarthy with McGregor next to him, mm. and you, then you sort of rely on, you know, your forward four players to, to attack a lot more and try and hit people in the break, maybe that could be a way that we go, you know, just to get the first away win. Even, not not even sticking to that. Um, I, I I'm not very impressed with either or well any of the three defensive midfielders we've got. You know, Beaton just sort of insists on fouling people every time he plays for Celtic. Uh, he also can't defend, which is pretty incredible. You know, God knows what he's like in training. He must have he must have second. He he must have dirt on every single staff member, you know. Um I, I agree with you. I thought Shaw was you know, one of the standouts in early pre-season. Obviously not all first-team players were back. So, you know, and it's very early, very early in the season, so it's hard to judge. But I thought Shaw was a standout. Not sure why he hasn't been given more time. Uh, McCarthy is allegedly unfit. He certainly can't, he can't play to his level for 90 minutes, evidently. And then I think Soros become really, really erratic. You know, his touches, he's given away daft fouls. His passing can be poor at times. Uh, I thought he had a disaster at Tynecastle last month. You know, it, it's quite odd what's happened to Ismail Asoro. Really, so when it comes to defensive payment, I think you're probably looking at McCarthy and McGregor, and then maybe Turnbull in front of them. Uh, but you know, we have to. We we just have to win games. You know, get your good performances in at home in front of Celtic fans, and just win the game. When it comes to away games.
2: Lawrence what's your take on these kind of holding midfielders that we've got I know when Ismael Asoro came on and, and Cindy played one really good ball into his feet and he turned and it. it was actually a really good save from the, the the goalkeeper but obviously on Thursday we saw the other side of Mali Asoro you know in, in seven minutes picking up a booking right away in a game that we you know he just couldn't afford to do that because after that he wouldn't have been able to put in the, the challenges that he would have to and evidently we get punished um, from that what's your take on Celtic's kind of would be described as number sixes of controlling midfielders at the
4: moment Well, well listen we're playing Levy, a team that is even more in transition than us that aren't you know we're bottom of the league <laughs> are holding midfielders which should, should have been the, the least of our concern it's really you know Turnbull and Rodrigo, It was my biggest concern that why weren't they creating for us
2: <laughs> but I think I see if you look at the game and from what I've seen it we were doing one of the balls that really impressed you was Vickers he played the splitting ball through the defence and it split them open and we did it twice and it worked and every time when we're getting the ball out the flank we're just trying to chip the ball in so I think even from what I've seen in the game I don't know if you'd agree with me on this but a lot of the time it was everyone players taking a step out and then just trying to play the ball through the, the, the line of Livingston because there were two you just couldn't play balls into the box because the big number six for them dealt
4: with everything in there. We weren't mixing up enough. That's true, but you know you're not Tumble and you were expecting them to create for us? Mm. I, I don't think you can dispute they didn't create for us. Yeah. No. Against bottom of the league team who's in more transition than us. So, as as for a number sixes, you know Beaton. It's been a while since he's played there. It's been at the club a while, but I think he's the very definition of a squad player. Not you know he's someone that we, when you start when you are so threadbare. Mm. Sorrow. You know, he looked good when he broke in against Leon, uh, but too many fouls he, he gives away too rashly. I and mean, after seven or eight minutes, he, he was lucky not to get sent off. And you had another tackle after that. Could he, that could be easily been a red card. Never mind it, a yeah. second yellow. So his game was gone after seven or eight, eight, eight minutes. And then you could have subbed him then and went, "Well, look, he's not going to be able to do what we need him to do." McGregor, I think he, he's, he's wasted sitting deep. But then again, we let, we let Robertson go out and loan, who I thought would maybe be a head of sorrow <laughs> in, in, in choices of starting from and what I've seen. He, he was a boy that hadn't let us down. But was it sixes that cost us against Livingston? <sighs> I, I don't think so. Uh, no. I, I, I'm more worried about <coughs> yeah, tum, Tumble and Roger not creating. Yeah, Therefore, you know, as you say, you know, it's got out wide and the wingers are try to throw in sixes dealing with it. So, so what are our two attacking midfielders doing what, what are they creating for us uh, and I think you know Callum's better push further forward listen Tom, Tom Rodger revitalised at the beginning of the season uh, in a couple of the home games uh, but it's against kind of the lower half of the table same with Turnbull he's looked good he scored a hatchet against the lower half of the table it's kind of in the bigger games or the harder games away from home what are these guys producing when we need them to produce you know and they don't seem to be doing it against better opposition. Mm. So, is it because they don't have a, the ability to keep up that level against better opposition? Uh, so, it, for me, you know, Sixies, that wasn't why we lost at Livingston. But, yeah, we've got a number that you'd say, well, James McCarthy could play that role once he's up to speed. And it may be free is to put Callum further forward. Uh, the the two of them are more interchangeable, aren't they? They they can be more dynamic in the game then because both Mm -hmm. can play, you know, attacking and defensive midfield and then you're looking at, you know, who's here number 10 is going to be the big question. uh, Who's going to be the creative guy for us?
2: Yeah, Patrick, if you look at the game in isolation in Sydney, I think it suited Livingston to obviously get that goal. It's David Turnbull, one of those creative midfielders that Lawrence is talking about that that loses the ball in midfield before it breaks in the left-hand side and, Shinny obviously puts Levy up in the lead and I think it really suited them to play the game in front of them. They could just pack in and then a lot of the traffic that we were trying to get through um, that defence was we were trying to go to central. Anytime we get the ball into the flanks it was the same thing. Uh, something I read on Twitter this morning that I found quite interesting was that was a record number of crosses um, for an Ange Post to call glue team in recent years. Something like 38 crosses went into the box on Sunday and has record in one game at Yokohama being 35. So, you know, maybe there is a plan B there, but it's just not something that's worked that we can see um, happening. David Kelly said in the comments, in relation to the comment earlier on, uh, 10 away games, that's if you win every single home game, which we won't. Are you worried about the way we've played at home? Because I know we huffed and puffed a bit about against County, and obviously. Vickers makes a breakthrough, but I think at home against St Murnan and Dundee, yeah, I know it's not great opposition. I know Hearts came back um, when we were coasting that game, but is there anything in the performances at home that you've seen that would concern you? I'll be
3: honest, not really, no. Um, I think the Hearts score line was a bit of a deception. Um, I thought we totally dominated that game. We could have scored about eight goals that day. Um I don't, I don't even think they deserved their two goals. I thought, you know, if the, if, this, if the game ended 3-1, I think they'd have been quite lucky to get away with that. Uh, it, ended up, it ended up being 3-2, you know. But, no, I'm not that concerned with our home games. Obviously, we've not really played. I mean, you know, Hearts are having a good start to the season, but we've not really played a top domestic uh, league game yet. So, you know, Dundee United have started the season pretty well, so that'll be a test on Sunday. Um, going back to the goal that we conceded, you know, we're playing in front of Livingston for twenty five minutes, uh, slack pass, uh, and then slack. I actually, what we thing.
2: started the game well on Sunday. I it's mean, bit, usually when aye. you go there, I think you're under the coach, I thought we were quite positive. I, I, I disagree to what Posticokli says in that.
3: Well, I mean, there you go. You know, you're you're playing well. One slack pass. I think we're caught pretty short at the back actually it was it was as if it was like man for man at the back yeah, you know, the the, the fullback goes to the winger and then Welsh is sort of on his own and not switched on uh, for, the, for the goal scorer um, you know you probably I, I'm not sure what the stats are in seasons in which we've won the league but 10 you probably need to win at least 10 away games I would think you know probably you're looking at 12-13 I would say and then, obviously, most home games. But, you know, I think you're probably looking to win 16 or 17 home games, at least.
2: Yeah. Um, I'm not too concerned about the way we play at home, but, you know, you're not going to win a league title just winning games at home. Lawrence, have you seen anything in the, the performances at home that would be concerned? Are you quite happy with the way we play at home? I mean, 15-0 but I think, speaks for itself.
4: But I think Ross County wasn't... Yeah, the ended up a comfortable one, but Hearts got a cracking save. We were struggling to get the goal, but, you know, once we got the goal, it seemed to open them up a bit more and maybe settle their nerves. So, perhaps that, you know, that was our least accomplished performance, shall we say, out of them. But as you say, you know, we're scoring and not conceding, which, you know, you're just going to win games if you score and don't concede. So, yeah, I mean, home looks better, but it's, you know, Celtic Park's a big pitch. It suits the style of football. It's a complaint surface. But, you know, it's not like we didn't know what we had an Astro tough pitch. It's tighter and it's harder to play on. <laughs> you, you, you know, this wasn't like, well, we just found out the week before. We need to find a way to do it on the road, to do it in smaller pitches that don't afford us as much room. Uh, and I guess that comes down, you know, to the management team having a look at it and going, well, you know, the wingers are going to struggle here because there's not as much room for them to play. They're going to put 11 men behind the ball. What's the plan? Is it just throw it in the box? You know, to, just get it wide and, and cross it in. All right, so who's a fall that's good in there? <laughs> you know, at this moment, unless
2: <laughs> unless the new Greek boy can do it, maybe do we don't have a, a big target. I mean, as I said they're on, gay crosses, it might be the plan B, but they weren't hitting anybody. As I said, the living number sixes just controlled yeah. everything in there on Sunday.
4: So you've got your plan to, you know, if you're throwing a cross and you've got to be doing it with some kind of purpose, that you've mm-hmm. got to think, I've well, got somebody decent there, that, is going to deal with this or at least challenge and maybe get a second ball so it, it's it's a bit frustrating yeah the great Boy might be good you know it'll be, be interesting to see but against a lot of the small teams in SPL away from home as well as home I think we should be playing two up front do we really need a defensive midfielder you know I'd, I'd argue if McArthur and McGregor get fit you don't because you know as we transition and, and th- through the game they can drop into that position both of them are good enough to play, to play like that. So, yeah, it's. I suppose it's, it's. You know, what we listen, we're missing a lot of players, and when they come back, we'll look a bit better. James A. Forrest, you know, he, he's going to be a huge miss for anyone. You're missing made McGregor out. You know, you have Julian out. You can see you're missing four or five first teamers there. So, but it's still, Livingston bottom the league, isn't it?
2: Yeah it's still still enough in the park I think Sunday to beat
4: Livingston uh, aye, there should be shouldn't there you know I know yeah. when I get slaughtered uh, for, for one of the results at uh, will so yeah it's it's worrying if i throwing thrown th- 38 crosses and knowing we don't have anyone good in there mm,
2: yeah totally agree with that um, Patrick Brian's coming and he said just to touch on what Lawrence has seen there um, and something that you said about Livingston you know the whole game was in front of me saying if we we might fare better at at Easter Road and Petodie due to the, the pitch has been a bit bigger and uh, the teams will have you know, come coming if a go at us would you agree with that I mean Hibs obviously is usually one of the, the better games in the league because they, they will have a go Is do you think that will suit us a wee bit better or do you think that um you know that Achilles Celtic at the defence will get caught out in the counter attack like it, it has done so many times Well, they certainly
3: get dangerous players. You know, people like Martin Boyle. You just need you need to watch them all the time because they can pop up with a goal in a split second. Um, When it comes to Easter Road, you know we've not won a league game there since I think February twenty fourteen. Certainly early twenty fourteen. I think Van Dyke scored that free kick. The last time we won in the league at Easter Road, we've obviously won on the cup. uh, Lenny's second game back when he was interim, Uh, but I, I wouldn't be confident just because it's a bigger pitch that we would get a result, get a win at Easter Road. Uh, and I'm not sure how far off uh, an away game at Hibs is. When it comes to Aberdeen, we've got an, a phenomenal record at Petaudry. You know, mm. I think we've we, we, we've only failed to win twice in the last seven years or something. It's, it's absolutely incredible. But you can't rely on these statistics because records are there to be broken. So I think you just need to try and set your team up to play as well as you can. I, I'd absolutely love a clean sheet at these two. Places, um, but you know, the the bigger pitch definitely does suit us, but I don't think that guarantees you a win at all.
2: No, I don't think it does. I think even Petodi at times is probably a bit tighter um, in terms of the pitch size. Um, Lawrence, do you think these type of games, the the big games obviously, um, but we've failed so far um, away from home and what would be described as the two big games going to be Castle and Ibrooks, do you think that? Um, but likely, you know, the Celtic support behind the, the team and, and going to these places, Patrick's they touched on, you know, a great record at Pataudry. We seem to do well there in recent years. And, um, uh, you know, a poor record at Easter Road. Do, do you think that, you know, teams that might have a go against us will be more suited to how we want to play?
4: Definitely, you know, there's got to be more space behind them, isn't there? If you, you know, if you're not playing in this congested an area, it, it, it should suit us. There should be... Uh, Easier for strikers to make runs, easier to thread balls through to them. Listen, you know, we've got a hard three away game, haven't we? Not too sure how many points we'll take for it, but, you know, Jared was on when we signed Ange, saying, listen, your first season, don't be expecting anything. It's the second season. Mm. Uh, And I think Dan said the same thing when he was on from Japan. Uh, And I think that's quickly been forgotten too, but you've got to win every game, Ange. And I don't, Know how realistic that's going to be. Uh, the next three away games in the league, I think we'd be lucky to win two from three. Uh, you know, that would be us have lost four games in the league by then. And uh, I think last season we lost five. But that's kind of where I see sitting. You know, the, I think the squad's down in numbers and down in quality from where it was last season. Uh, so. Yeah, you, you know, it's going to be a tough season, I think. I, I can't mm-hmm. see he's going away from home and, uh, and blowing teams away. Uh, I don't know what's going to have to change, whether it's just getting our best, a living fit. Well, you know, we'll definitely help to make a difference. Hopefully, it's enough on the road. But, you know, we haven't won away at Levy. We're still not one away at Livy in, in ages. i have just t- touched on Easter Road. Well, you know. <sighs> Maybe records are there it'd be broken, but it's going to be a tough, tough trip for us, isn't
2: it? Yeah, it will be a tough trip. Um, there's players on that Hibs team, like Martin Boyle, that Patrick's already touched on. It's had a d- decent start to the season. The Hibs have had a decent start to the season. Just related in the comments, Kevin Graham, if you've possibly seen Twitter last night, um, his debut collection of poetry will be released very soon. It's called Seven Years of Henrik. Um, it's going to include 50 poems on the King of Kings, not too sure it was touched on yesterday, so a wee bit of positive, uh, positivity into the bulletin. Uh, happy birthday to the King of Kings. Don't think he probably tunes in. He's busy with the, the disaster that is unfolding at Barcelona at this moment in time, but um, happy birthday to Henrik. I think everybody um, as a Celtic fan would share that sentiment. Um, could probably do with a striker like Tim, but... Yeah, I think he's just
4: in this. You think so?
2: Yeah, well, when you think he doesn't, I think he does. Well, <laughs> if, if, if he does watch us, then... Well,
4: what does, other then, podcasts would
2: they choose? Uh, well, I think he's just he's trying to, you know, pick up Cooman's pieces of it now, so yeah, he's mm-hmm. just a wee bit too busy. But I'm sure if he had a wee bit more spare time, he definitely wouldn't tune you, would he? To listen to his talk nonsense. But anyway, to look forward, Rafe Rovers, Thursday... Um, don't know if a lot of people know this, but when, when Brendan Rodgers uh, came to Celtic in 2016, John McGlynn, of course, brought in under Ronnie Diler, was there in the scouting team. And Brendan uh, transformed John McGlynn's position at Celtic Park to become one of the scouts who went to analyse and look at teams uh, in European football and were one of the guys that did the preps. So he uh, certainly is one of you know Brendan's prodigies, and... Um, Patrick, Rafe Rovers, they're in a decent bit of form at this moment in time. It's a game that you know Celtic should be expected to win, but um, what type of game uh, are you expecting? Obviously, Celtic come into it having not won um, two. Um, is it just a case of picking ourselves back up off the floor and uh, going again?
3: Well, if he's in the mould of Brendan, he probably won't sit in.
2: Not in the mould of Brendan, but he's certainly taking a lot that I think his team may be playing in the championship worth in that mode but I don't think he'll maybe uh, use those tactics when it comes to Sydney Park.
3: Right. Well if he, he tries to play at all openly I think we'll just carve them open and score barrel loads we should be doing that anyway you know. if we can do it with bottom of the premiership teams then we can certainly do it with mid to top of the championship table teams um, I think if we lose this game or even if it goes to a replay of extra time or if the performance is poor, I think you've got to start questioning the manager. I mean, I I love Ange. Uh, I think he will be a brilliant manager for Celtic. You've seen how brilliant Celtic can be under him. But if you're playing brilliant, but you're not getting results, it's just... It's, it's not going to work, is it? So,
2: I think it's a must it. game. I've seen it happen before with managers, I mean, you know, yeah, Gold I mean, Tommy, Burns, we, Tommy Burns. team, yep.
3: We played brilliant, but, you know, I think we get one trophy over three years or four years or something, so, you, you've got to get the wins and you've got to get the trophies. Um, I think we will win, you know, I, I think it'll be fairly straightforward, you know, um, but, if, if the worst happens and, and we do fail to win, I think, you need to start looking at you know what's going wrong here because uh, it, it, I, I don't think it can get any worse if we're going to win trophies and try and win back the league title
2: it surely can't get worse things can only get better as that famous uh, saying goes Lawrence yes um
4: yeah I remember the way that came out
2: we're not that old so we can't look ahead to Thursday um would you make many changes from the team that started on Sunday? Obviously we don't know in terms of the injury updates whether Callum McGregor will be back fit, whether our, our new Greek striker, um apologies for the pronunciation here uh, Jacques, what is it? Giacomakis Gima- um might be available obviously scales featured on the bench on Sunday whether or not we could see him Lawrence, how would you set up uh, on Thursday night looking towards that game?
4: Well, the new Greek striker that you can't say in Banky, I can't no, spell. I'll
2: just the. <laughs> so,
4: yeah, I, I would I'd shove the uh, Georgius up front. Uh, along with the Yeti. I, I played two up front against them. Uh, at, at left back, I want to see Monty come in, Van uh, And hopefully we see uh, McGregor back. Uh, you know, he's touched on it, but we could expect to see him. Uh, yeah, so. Yeah, I'd be going two up top. Get rid of the defensive mid and Monty in at left back. I think, so what, you
2: know. what formation would that be, Lawrence? Four four two.
4: Yes, I'll go 4 4 two, mate. Mm. Four,
2: I, I don't think, I, I just don't think he's the type of guy that's going to change from this 4 four three three that he obviously likes to use. And again, you know, if you use your wingers your properly in this, you know, it's basically a forward three. But um, Patrick, how about yourself? Keep- what, 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 any anything different from what Lawrence has said there
3: um I think you need to stop tinkering with the team I think you need to start trying to get a settled team in so I'd go with you know Joe Hart obviously I'd, I'd play bowling goalie again because you know if he has de- if he has a disaster against race lovers you, you, you need to have a conversation there um I'd probably go with the uh, starfield and Carter Vickers with Jovanovic. I think
2: that, that partnership needs to become settled and whoever it's going to be needs to play a run of games because we can't keep Chopping and changing That was something that was In Achilles Last season wasn't it I was it?
3: actually going to say If Julian comes back The same player I think it could be Carter Vickers and Julian mm, uh, in, You know November time But you know Carter Vickers and uh, Starfield uh, With Jovanovic If McGregor's back You know It'll probably be McGregor Rodjick and Turnbull again With you know Abada. I'm not sure about the striker. I think he might stick with Ayeti and maybe bring Giacumakis on because I don't think mm. he's even played a minute. Giacumakis, no, and then
2: and supposedly yeah. he's not a pre-season either, so I don't know how much yeah. in terms. Of, is, you know,
4: is that not a Celtic pre-season because apparently he, he did the full one in the Netherlands? So no. it depends. You know we're the only team that send same players that are unfit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. kind of uh, other players. Do other clubs sign players and they seem to be fit? I, I don't know. Do we just go, give us your unfit players? Because <laughs> <laughs> we knock them down in price for being unfit or something? I don't know. It's, it just seems... I find it strange that, as
2: well. And, and, you know, he a top goal scorer last season as well in the division, he wanted. So, uh, you know, yeah. I don't know how you you come off of that. And, you know, we, we pray that it's not just a flash in the pan that he does come in and obviously makes an impact for us. But I definitely agree it I think that centre-half pairing at the back needs to be Kneel down to whatever it is. Yeah, because uh, you're
3: hoping to keep two clean sheets against raceovers and Dundee United, and then hopefully you know Carter Vickers will have settled in by then, and hopefully Starfield's get a bit more confidence going into by Leverkusen in a in a week's time, and then I'd, I'd play Yota uh, left wing as well. What's
4: Carter what? Vickers? Carter looks like sorry, a, he looks at the level we require, doesn't he? Carter Vickers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He he's, a bit, right. he's
3: a bit slow, but apart from that, yeah, definitely. Yep.
4: So you maybe going him, Kyogo and. Um, Juranovic, I'm kind of going right. I I think technically they're all good footballers, they look at the level. I think the rest the kind of Judy's out on just now, whether it's fitness Mm or or just the level they can play at.
2: Yeah, I think though, you know, uh, Tony Ralston probably will feel a bit hard done by, and it's it's a sentence I didn't really think I would be saying a few months ago, but even, you know, he takes his goal well away from home on Thursday evening uh, in Betis, and Against Batiste, it doesn't, you know, he's just kind of out of the dark. I know Celtic's obviously brought in Juranovic for a substantial fee, but uh, just both of you in agreement that at this point in time it needs to be Juranovic at right back over Ralston?
4: I think so, yeah. yeah you know, yeah. listen, Tony's went up in everybody's estimations, and I think, you know, if he plays, I'm not worried that, you know, if it is Ralston who played for this before, you might have been going, not Ralston, I think. I have no worries about him playing but I think Juranovic is the better player and I think, you know, we need to get that a bit more settled in defence of going right. You know, it's Hart plus the four in front of him. You just need to get an understanding. You just need to get playing as a unit and I think the more games they get as a unit, hopefully the tighter we get we stop losing silly goals. I mean, we've been beat the old goal three, three away games, haven't we? You know, if we'd been a bit tighter at the back, instead of dropping nine, you know, you've got plus three, it's, you know, three draws just be tightened up at the back. So, I think getting a settled back four or back five including Hart is going to play to that isn't it mm, uh, yeah. and you were asking Pat, Patrick about the manager is it too early to judge I think it's way too early even if we could beat be, you know everything that everyone's told us about this manager is like, the first season's going to be a better off right but it's the long game you're playing here you know he's going to give you an exciting style of attacking football from the second season on you win things I'm not too sure what got lost in translation or is it just now the reality's beginning to bite a bit because we've lost three league games on the road. It's, you know, if we could guarantee, you know, that we didn't win in this season, but then went on a, another. winning four trebles in a row under Ange playing, kind of free-flowing, never boring. Free-scoring. Ange ball, I'm sure <laughs> we, we, would get all, an- we would accept that. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, for me, it's just the to judge him. The squ- squad's threat there. It's t- clearly not his fault. He's identified by Sean sports science. The club haven't done anything about that. Mm-hmm. You know, he made noises about us having to get players in quicker. We, you know, we'll, what we seem to follow the same model of bringing them in all at the last minute and not bringing in enough. And I think that's probably a, a reflection on having changed the manager but not the structure. We've still got the same Way of doing business, we've still got the same board in charge. We had a new CEO, on that didn't work out. Now, I'm assuming it's not because he wanted to do the things the same way as we'd always done them, which we appear to be doing. You know, if he'd been happy to do that, I think he'd probably still have been here. But I think we can all say, listen, we're needing change out with the football inside, we're needing structural change, we need a change to the way the board operates and the way we do business.
2: Yeah, and it will be very interesting to see how that structure plays out again. As you touched on there, Lawrence, the only real difference from last season to this is Ange Postecoglou and instead of Neil Lennon. Um, I think just to wrap up, you know, the PLC PLC results were um, uh, put out today, and uh, at the end it, it says Celtic is in good hands. I think a lot of people would question whether that is by the people in the boardroom I think it's certainly in good te- hands by the support who um, you know I think that testament of that that loss being you know so low is testament to unwavering commitment from the, the support and everybody that's backed the club whether that be in merchandise and season tickets and whatever else so I think you know every Celtic fan should be you know proud of themselves and what they've probably gave to the club over the past 18 months and more throughout this pandemic and um, we just hope that once the game rolls round on Thursday we get a victory and, and kick on from there so to everybody in the comments thanks for joining us if you've in, enjoyed the chat please give the video a thumbs up on YouTube and if you haven't already please subscribe to the channel we've got plenty of good prizes coming out but uh, that's Declan, all I've got to say
4: sorry Lawrence I'll we'll leave you with this Dermot Desmond says it's Celtic's goal to improve in every department year on year when was the last time the performance of this board improved?
2: As a question we will leave um, the Tuesday show on. Thanks to everybody for joining us. Thanks to Patrick and Lawrence for joining myself on the Tuesday Club. We look forward to doing this more often, but thanks to everybody for joining us on A Celtic State of Mind.